This is Pod TST, and I'm Kenneth Arthur, and every week we talk about the Rams, and during the season, you know, we are previewing each Rams opponent, and this week that is the Buffalo Bills, 2-0 with a red-hot passing attack. I mean, come on. Uh, you can't deny this at all, uh, Max, okay? I know you want to. Uh, They're on fire, and it's, it's the last thing I want to do. I mean, Allen... First 300-yard game of his career, uh, first game of the year, first 400-yard game of his career, second game of his career, of the the season. So, you know, he's on fire. Well, uh, yeah, let's talk about that heat. Let's talk about the friction, the kinetic energy that creates fire. Um, I mean, we're talking about GM Brandon Bean, am I right? I I love Brandon Bean. I'm obsessed with his, like – the Bills put out this like very low quality version of Hard Knocks every year, and uh, yeah. the like you know like their own kind of like social that, media team. Well, does watch this. Is it called One Bills Drive? Oh, I think that might be that might be it. That might be it. Yeah. And also, like I don't I don't want to attack it too much because I I watched all of it. So like yeah. you know, shout out to whoever you know. <laughs> no, no shade. You ever made that uh, programming? No, but, no, because um, there's a few teams like the Cardinals, uh, the Chiefs. Uh, the Vikings, I tracked like which teams had their own little hard knocks thing and uh, the Bills were one of them. So yeah, they were at least a little forward thinking um, on content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the the best part of that to me was seeing Brandon Bean like in the draft room, like uh, the, the war room for that, That's you know, great. just him like kind of stalking around. Just the way he kind of is with his team, like you can kind of tell that this is true of like this whole new crop of like, young coaches like it's true of like everyone from like sean McVay to like matt lafleur it's even in basketball like you know nick nurse like all these kind of guys uh who who just had this like they're not too plagued by like football guidedom or like basketball guidedom you know they're like mm-hmm. kind of like they're taking input from everybody and they're like smart and quick on their feet and yeah i mean bean seems great there seems like a lot of, now that you say it also, yeah, it's like there is a new trend or a trend of like cool, hip, 40-year-old GMs. That, <laughs> yes, you know, absolutely there is. Yeah, yeah. They want to be cool. They want to like fit in uh, like with a regular group of guys. They are not old anymore. They're not John Elway. Like even though John Elway is a GM, like so many of them are like young and like attractive young men <laughs> yeah like they all have that like cliff kingsbury house now you know uh-huh. they're not they're not too much like you know football family and god you know they're more yeah. like uh like chilled out like i think that's pretty cool yeah it's like uh john schneider with the seahawks in 2013 when he won the super bowl and then you know Les need with the rams uh he's like he looks more like uh, he just kind of looks like Steve Kerr or something, you know. He's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. the coolest. I mean, like, like that's cool, you know. It's like that's where he uh, fits in. It's like, oh man, this guy's. It's just not what you expect, especially when your name is Les Snead. But <laughs> right, those guys just feel like if they were your boss, you could like pitch them an idea. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's what I like about them. Like you kind of come up to them on draft. You're like, hey, like I was kind of thinking like and I think tight ends. Like, yeah. You want yeah. that, like, that's where so many of these successful teams, that's why the Patriots can be, like, the most successful team because they've got the most unity between head coach and GM because Absolutely. of the same person. They're the same guy, exactly. That's and ultimate it, unity. You would love it when you, can, when you can find that one in a thousand coach, but mostly no, these people can't do the two things at once. But if you have those other 
teams that come together like Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, where it's like, oh no, we're a team, you know, like mm-hmm. we're in this. Mm-hmm. Brandon Bean yeah. and Sean McDermott, we're a team. They absolutely, I think, have that exact same energy where, because you can tell in the way that they build the team that like McDermott seems to know how to use all the pieces that, that Bean is providing him. Yeah. I and think actually, like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. The, I think the, obviously the major story is Diggs, right? You know, and I think what's so cool about him as a number one wide receiver is John Brown and Cole Beasley make so much more sense as a two and three receiver than as a yeah. one and two receiver, right? <laughs> and this is very like rudimentary analysis, but like I always felt that you know, I mean, obviously as a, a, a slot guy, like your three receivers usually your slot guy, right? I mean, that's what you want Cole Beasley to be. He's like a Wes Welker type, you know, like you don't want him running like deep post routes, you know, you want him doing, you know, uh, number, like slot option stuff. So, yeah. and then Brown, like, you know, Brown is great. It's just like, you don't want to put him on, uh, you know, Steve, Stephon Gilmore. That's the problem. I and mean, he's really good, but he's just like, he's not that level. So now that you have Diggs, who is just incredible. Uh, their chemistry looks fantastic. You know, it's just made Brown into such a better option and Beasley into such a better option. John Brown is crazy. I mean, the, the, his career, I mean, it is, it is hard to fathom in a way uh, to rationalize that just to you know, quickly recount third round pick in 2014 of the Cardinals out of Pittsburgh state, not the Pittsburgh with an H at the end. Uh, he was 24 wow. years old, so he was an old for a rookie. First year, comes out of the gate, 696 yards, five touchdowns. It's okay. He had less than 50% of catch rate. But then the next year uh, with the Cardinals, this is Carson Palmer, 65 catches, 1,003 yards, caught 64% of his targets and 10 yards per target. And then not a lot of production. And then he goes to the Ravens for one year. And then he emerges with the Bills last year at 29, 9.2 yards per target. Pretty much uh, a season as good as that 2015 season with Carson Palmer. And that's where, I mean, when I, when I was going into this season, I, I was seeing people talk about John Brown and Cole Beasley uh, and Stefan Diggs and saying like, oh, this could be, you know, the best, one of the best receiving corps in the NFL. And when you hear Cole Beasley and John Brown, that doesn't quite click. Cause, cause, so can you like tell me, uh, what it's like um, from your perspective to have watched those two, first of all, the, really those two receivers last year with Josh Allen? Yeah, I mean, I think, so Brown, it's like you're saying, like when he kind of, it was sort of, you know, in this in this 2018 Bills team or 19 Bills team was the number one Bills receiver, you know, it was definitely like, who is this guy, right? Like he, like Like you said, like, you know, he was from the Ravens. I didn't even like know that know his pre-bills history very well so it was mm-hmm. definitely like oh this guy's our number one wide receiver like how's that gonna work out and the fact that he was able to function like a number one wide receiver you know catch deep balls be relatively reliable there definitely wasn't anyone else last year that you wanted that ball to be going to yeah so I think but it was always sort of like it was never like oh here's this like crazy emerging you know, 94 plus player on Madden, like star. That was never the vibe with Brown. But that's why it's so nice to have him as a number two option because he feels great as a number two option because he was a sort of like not completely insane number one option, you know? 
And then with Beasley, like, I always liked Beasley on the Cowboys. I thought he was, like, a pretty good, like, you know, wide receiver. He just, you know, it's – you don't want to put all these white wide receivers in the same box, right? But he does have that, like, kind of squirrely, like, slot kind of vibe to him. And, you know, he was always, like – he was sort of pretty good on the Cowboys and, like, sort of interesting to, like – they always had their Jason Garrett problems. It was always kind of like, well, how good is he really, right, if you put him in a better system? I mean, he's and, five – it's crazy. He's 5'8". So, it's like he really is small. I mean, he really – Yeah, he's, he's the, tiny. The fact that he's been in the league as long as he has, this is his ninth season in the NFL. He, he seems like a younger guy, too. I mean, this year he doesn't because he's got the Fitzpatrick beard almost. But, like, yeah, you don't think of him as, like, a nine-year vet. Yeah, uh, but a part of that just being the fact that all of a sudden last year, you know, Cole Beasley gets the career high, 106 targets. And as you said, these are three – they have now three reliable targets. And then past that, Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis uh, are two emerging wide receivers for them. Um, and I think that's – uh, really fascinating the fact that if they could have a threat like Stefan Diggs, that's um, that could be in that number one variety. And then they have four other, like that's when you start to talk about uh, like the great offenses in terms. Absolutely. Know. If, 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 if Josh Allen is the guy, then it seems the bills are set up to have a great offense. Yeah. And he's made such a leap so far. Allen and you do wonder how how real it is like is you know I mean obviously his his first two games are just absurd it's like he's in this category I forget what it's like with Mahomes and Brady and like one other guy and he's for, obviously probably won't keep up that pace with like zero interceptions and uh, 700 yards he, yeah. he threw a couple balls that that could have been intercepted and also in that first game he lost two fumbles right that's hopefully mm-hmm. uh he can pull that together. Well, if we're talking about uh, skepticism, let me bring something to the table. Um, and you tell me what, how you feel about this. Just, just the fact that, and I mean, look, I love what the Bills are doing. Okay. I mean, I don't want to come against it. I don't want to be, hate them. Yeah, it's I don't want to be them. a naysayer. I love what they're doing, but no, of course it is the jets and the dolphins. I mean, I mean, and the games were close ish. Yeah. Uh, any concerns there? Um, yeah, I think I think there is a concern there. The Dolphins, I think, are maybe a little good. Like not as not, we speak, they uh, I think they lead twenty-one to seven on Thursday night, Thursday night football. So and the the Jaguars also, you know, they're playing the Jaguars also yeah. maybe a little good. So maybe. like I I think the I mean Fitzpatrick looked hot. The, the those throws that uh, Gesicki Gesicki caught. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, against were incredible. I mean, if if Gusecki plays like that every game, he's like he's like a Gronkowski type. So the the Dolphins, I think, you know, really might be able to do something. I, I like Flores, so I think you know holding them off is is respectable. Um, what I liked about that game too is like I think what the Bills one of their problems has been they they get up big on a team in the first quarter because their defense just shuts a team down. Yeah. So they'll be up like 14-0 or 21 This is how it would go last year. The defense seems like they maybe took a step back this year. That's like maybe on first blush. Um, but My understanding is also, though, you know, that there were a couple injuries in the last game. Milano Uh, and Edmonds are out. And those are their two linebackers. So that just leaves you really open for those over-the-middle-of-the-field throws. Right, which which is what the Dolphins were able to excel at in the second half. What was a very unsuccessful first half became a very successful second half for Miami. Right. Right. And the Bills, the Bills do that a lot where they will like let teams back in. They're, they're one thing they're really bad at. And this is, I think 
almost like a franchise identity thing is they're, they're, they don't look like a killer instinct. They can never just like blow a team out of the water. They're always like kind of hanging around there. Um, yeah. But one thing I thought was really encouraging is, you know, so the, so the bills are up all game. I think it's something like whatever it was like 20, like 17 to seven or whatever. They're, 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 they're way up most of the game. And then, uh, you know, the dolphins score and it becomes 20 to 17. The dolphins are up for the first time. And they came out just throwing the ball so deep, so aggressive. It was so encouraging. It just didn't look like that last year. Yeah. So for Dable to come out and just call these super deep balls, really aggressive play calling, and then for them to just very quickly score again off a couple, you know, high-flying pass throws, that was really encouraging. It seems like uh, it's an aggressive league now. It seems it, like I think it. it has to be. It has to be, yeah. That's another slight quibble I have with McDermott is I wish he would kind of – get a little more up on the fourth down revolution. <laughs> well, uh, well, what, what is your Rams viewing um, habits? Do you watch a, a lot of Rams game? You're a resident I, of the city. I do. I'm, I would say they're, you know, it's, it, I think it's a little bit lame when you start being like, well, my third favorite team and my fourth <laughs> favorite team, because it's like have some identity, but that said, I think they're on my third favorite team, uh, wow. you know, so I watch them a little bit. I definitely follow them. Um, my what I've been saying to a couple people uh, coming into this game, and obviously it's very early in the season, so who knows, but I think it, it could be that this is a matchup of the two three seeds because I think my personal power rankings would go in the AFC, Baltimore, Kansas City, Buffalo, mm -hmm. and in the NFC, Seahawks, Packers, Rams. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that might – so it's, a, it's, I think, a big test for both of them. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, unless I am mistaken and they reseeded things, then the, the Rams couldn't be the three seed if they don't win the division, right? So Right, right. You're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah, that's true. Uh, but no, no, but I get what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But right, now, right now, they look a lot alike. They're both uh, play-action teams. Um, the, the Rams and the Bills both run – the most play action in the league. And even defensively, you know, they both feature their best players at maybe, uh, well, the, the Bills probably feature their best players at cornerback and linebacker maybe right now. But they're right, trying yeah, to build so. something around Ed Oliver. So Ed they've Oliver, got, yeah. They've got a very uh, highly ranked uh, prospect down there. And the Rams also an elite cornerback and an elite uh, defensive tackle. Uh, what are the early thoughts on Ed Oliver? I, Ed Oliver has looked – he has looked very solid. Like, you really want to have him this on This feels the, like it really – this feels bad what you're – You know, he, my, my only thing with Ed Oliver is that he never has what I will call a Jadeveon clowny moment where uh -huh. he just absolutely wrecks a play. And it's like, you know, where it gets like those announcers fired up and they're like, you know, and that was Ed Oliver just did not, you never hear that, right? It's like, yeah. it goes, and they get to him. And this on the sack, it was Oliver, you know? So he's like, he's do, he's got like a motor. He's, he's very consistent. He's strong. Um, he's a good player, but he's not like, he has, he, I, I was kind of open when we drafted him. Maybe we get this real superstar you know, obviously no one's Aaron Donald, but like, you know, someone yeah. like almost approaching that kind of thing. I haven't seen that yet, but uh, he might get up there, but, but obviously what's been, he's been consistent and yeah. someone you really want on the field. So. 
Yeah, it sounds like he's um, very yeah uh, disruptive in a, in his own way. Maybe takes up a, a couple of bodies. Yeah, uh, yeah. You you uh, you mentioned Jadavian Clowney. This is one of your former schoolmates, am I right? Oh my God! I think he's probably my favorite player of all time. Yeah, I, w- I was a Gamecock, and we are almost the same age. Uh, I think we graduated at very similar times, uh-huh. or he left. You know, uh, <laughs> he might be either a year older than me or or the same age, and. Um, I think the Jadavian Clowney Outback Bowl hit is my favorite play in professional sports. So I think it's like a lot of people, they seem to, uh, because he's still sort of, uh, people still remember it. This is probably still his best play that he's ever I had. I think it's still his best play. I mean, just, you know, the call is amazing where they, they go, South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. You know, and just the fact that, Literally, you just have never seen someone just explode a guy that hard. Uh, the, uh, the helmet comes flying off. He grabs the ball with one hand. I mean, that's so. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Uh, did you ever have a class with him? I never did. I never did. I ran into him at a Sonic, uh, the, the fast food chain, at 3 a.m. <laughs> one time uh, uh, and told him he was amazing. Uh, there but you go. That was, that's about it. <laughs> I probably uh, sparked um, the rest of his career. Uh, I think so. I think I, all, all things to be. Um, what about Tredavious White? Is this guy everything oh that you God. ever he dreamed is, of? He is incredible. He is just, I mean, his season last year, I, I, I thought, uh, you know, the, uh, I'm really into those, uh, that top 100 series that the, uh, the NFL puts out, you know, uh, where they, the players rank the players. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the sub, the NFL subreddit gave, uh, Tredavious White a top 10 ranking and I thought that was better than the 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 top 100 list only put him in like the top 40 I yeah. think he's a he's a top top 10 player in the league he's he hasn't had quite as many plays so far this year but I think he's still I I still I I you know a top 10 kind of player I think he's unbelievable and I actually something that I thought was interesting as a storyline is is Levi Wallace who is their number two cornerback um and they brought mm-hmm. in Josh Norman who you know was a Panthers player for a while before he went to the yeah. what is, what's now the football team, um, and there you know Norman was like if you just want to go by like PFF numbers like a little bit better than Wallace last year, but I always like liked Wallace as like a playmaker. He's like he's like a little slow and like a little small, but he's like good, seems like good at football. So yeah. I liked him, but he has Wallace hasn't looked good so far uh, this season. I think either because he doesn't have that help from Milano and Edmund. Milano is awfully good. I think that's, you know, he's, he's, he's a pretty good linebacker. I think it's a shame to, to, to lose him. And I've lose both of him at the same time. You, uh, you said before the podcast that you were looking for something about Cody Ford. And yes, this is Cody Ford. A second round pick a, a year ago. What's his uh, story? Well, Cody Ford, uh, uh, I we was we were talking about watching Brandon Bean in uh, uh-huh. the the Bills thing. the The highlight of that uh, episode is is the the drafting of Cody Ford, and it's very intense. I mean, Bean wants Cody Ford so badly; he is so excited to draft Cody Ford. And you know, I think they're hoping for like a Quentin Nelson type. Um, so far, he has not been that. He's been. A, maybe even a little bad so far. Nah, he, <laughs> he, if you just want to go by stats. Now, I think yeah. he's young. I, I am nowhere close to writing off Cody Ford, but um, I, I think, you know, if season goes on, next season they'll start to be like, all right, Cody, like, you know, how are we doing here? So 
Yeah. Um, he's okay, but I, I don't think they're in love with, with what he's done so far. That's like one of the um, big differences, you know, between like maybe being excited about a draft pick um, who hasn't actually performed in the NFL yet, as opposed to maybe performing uh, at training camp or in the preseason when uh, the excitement over a player at that point, you know, I know that for the Rams, some of that, ex- a lot of excitement uh, was centered around sixth round safety, Jordan Fuller out of Ohio state. Um, mm. And he was a sixth round pick and the Rams had even drafted a safety in the third round named Terrell Burgess. So he was even further behind and the Rams had uh, John Johnson and Taylor Rapp there uh, two there was two guys set to start at safety and then Taylor Rapp got hurt. And then Jordan Fuller um, had an excellent report out of training camp, which you never really know with reports out of training camp, but he has started the first two games and played almost all but one snap, I think, uh, and had a pretty big impact for the Rams. Is there anybody that you've been hyped up on going into this season uh, for Buffalo, and how's that going? Yeah, you mentioned him before, but it's it's got to be Gabriel Davis. Uh, the, he, I think, really impressed some people uh in in camp and he had that touchdown catch last week that was incredible you know my my dad my dad texted me you know it's like there's nobody on the team to make that catch last year right I mean that's that's the other thing with Allen it's always been like you know certain receivers just make you look so much better right so of course he I think it's simultaneously he's making this huge leap and he finally has all these receivers to like go that one extra foot to catch the ball you know so I think Gabriel Davis could could be really exciting as a prospect so I mean obviously like you know they've got these other three big wide receivers and then I don't think we've seen much of um of their 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 highest pick uh this year Espinessa I don't think he's really even been out there yet no I think he's hurt or yeah I think he has an ankle so, issue but I yeah. could be conflating that with another player but uh, yeah he hasn't played yeah yet. so obviously it'll be exciting to see him out there when when he's when he's ready to go but I think he's He's not yet. Another player, this isn't a draft pick, but someone who I'm, I'm really curious about their development, and uh, he just got a, a concussion last week, unfortunately, is, uh, is Dawson Knox. Yeah. Um, their tight end, because he makes a lot of plays that are, that are pretty flashy. You know, he'll just, like, throw a defender off of him or make a big reaching catch, and then he also will, like, make, you know, drop the ball a little bit. And to me, unfortunately, it's like, uh, you don't want your tight end to drop passes it's like that's who you like there you're like you're kind of safety blanket your end zone guy yeah. you know seeing them drop the ball is, is not what you want but what do you think you would rather see this sunday for the bills would you rather see um another performance from josh allen like the one that he just did or would you rather see maybe you know a devin singletary zach moss uh kareem like a kareem hunt nick chubb type day where they can really have success running the the running um, because they've invested day two draft picks in both of those players in the last two year in the last year, you know, in the last two drafts. Um, this is a team that you would expect to want to run the football well with Josh Allen, but also around Josh Allen, not uh, a lot of successful runs to start this season. And at the same time, they haven't really needed it because of Josh Allen, but what, what would you find more satisfying? You know, I think I would like to see Allen stay with all air attack. Um, obviously, you know, Singletary and Moss have both flashed a little bit this year. I, I love them as running backs on 
on the team. I just think the league is going in this way where you, you, you might as well just keep passing. Like, I think uh, I, I'd like to see that at the, at the highest level of consistency we can. I love the way that Bean has drafted running backs because they're both – I mean, I think – here's kind of like a thought experiment, right? The Bills traded away a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs, right? Yeah. And I think it so far it looks like a brilliant decision. I'm not sure there is an equivalent running back to Stephon Diggs where you'd make that same trade, right? Someone who's equally good. I don't know who you who maybe like a. Um, I'm not sure who's in that league, but maybe like an Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott or a uh, Derrick Henry. I would not trade a first round pick for Ezekiel Elliott or Derrick Henry. Um, or other people might, but I, I, I just think you don't want older running backs. Unfortunately, they just kind of break down a little bit. Right. I think using your third round and second round picks on these kind of like small, reliable, shifty, flash, flashy running backs. Some an announcer during that game two game was saying they're really similar players, Singletary and Moss. You know, they they fit kind of the same. They don't have to change their package based on who's in there. They can both catch the ball. They can both run hard. They can both run out. So I would like to see Moss. Um, Moss has not made any plays that rival Singletary's biggest plays. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see him really break break a couple out. Um, but besides that, I'm I'm happy if they want to stick with that passing attack. Also, how dare you make that uh, running back age comment as a Bills fan, where you've been the home of Frank Gore. You know, I know. the last, and, what, two years prior to this year? Yeah, he was there a couple of years. And, you know, I, you know, all the love in the world to Frank Gore. <laughs> you know, he's, 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 he's a, he was a great mentor for Singletary, you know. But, but Gore, you know, he, he didn't ask to be paid, you know, a mm-hmm. king's ransom. He, 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 didn't really, he didn't really do all that much for the Bills. <laughs> I don't think you really wanted him on. I think, I think having him on the team to, to mentor uh, Singletary was amazing. And I, I think – every other team that has him gets that benefit. So, you know, he's the ageless wonder and power to him, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't trade for Gore purely for a production. One thing that um, I uh, exchanged questions with the bills blog, you know, some uh, Q and a here and there this week. And that was one thing I had mentioned as far as the switch over from first the Pagulas as the owners and then uh, the switch in, in, in GM and coach in 2017 and that it felt like the Bills were doing things differently now, you know, that it used to be uh, that they would lose any good players that they had ever drafted um, <laughs> yep. or they would just draft bad players, you know, and, and that it would, if they had a good player, uh, they would just lose him anyway. And now they're acquiring Stefan Diggs and extending him. They're extending Tredavious White. They're drafting Josh Allen. Clearly, it's a it's a new uh, attitude. I don't want to um, bring up bad memories, but of those Buffalo Bills that you like, kind of fell in love with when they were drafted, which which one maybe did you yearn for the most while you watched them play somewhere else? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, none are cropping into my head. Maybe if, you, if there's a couple that you want to throw at me. Stefan Gilmore. Built. Yeah. Uh, Wait, Gilmore was a – was he – am I making this up or was Gilmore also a Gamecock? He was. Yep, yep. Well, <laughs> I, I forgot that Gilmore was on the Bills. I don't remember That's that. crazy. <laughs> Apo- apologies to everyone in, for that. But uh, uh, Marshawn yeah, I, Lynch – 
Um, yeah, Lynch again. These older running backs. I'm kind of like yeah, you can Sammy do. Watkins. I was never a big Sammy Watkins guy. I think I'm not even sure. I think the Chiefs gotten some okay stuff out of Sammy Watkins. I'm not. I'm not in love with Sammy Watkins. Uh, let's see. It shows I you know. that they're not drafting great guys. You know what I mean? Uh, Gilmore is incredible. Cordy but, uh, Glenn or Cordy yeah. Glenn. Left, yeah, right tackle. Whoever, whoever left has tackle. Cordy Glenn now can keep him. Um, uh, you got. Um, hold on, I had one more at least. Oh, uh, Dante Whitner. You remember him? Safety. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. And he went, he went after. to the Forty uh, ers Yep. Yeah. yeah he, well, he was for a minute. He was really good when he played for the Bills, but after he left the Bills, he wasn't showing out as hard. I think. I think he is best. Se- I mean, I could be making this up, but I remember his best seasons being with the bills like i think it was harder to miss him because i think he kind of fell off a bit after he left the bills yeah um well i was just also just can't i, I still just can't even believe that rex ryan was the coach uh, i know it's ago. unbelievable there's just, just like so many it's amazing now that they actually have a good gm and good coach in place like you compare it to what they had before it's it's unbelievable yeah but I, you know, I did go to a Bills game um, in 2014. They were playing against the Patriots, uh, and you know, it was one of the best experiences that I had going to an NFL game. Did have you been to Bills games in Buffalo? I I never have. Oh, well, I'm a better um, fan than you. I'm a better I think Bills you are. Fan. You absolutely are. I, you know, I've ever since I was young, I've been like less of a less of about going to the. The, the games in the stadium, which I know is crazy, but uh, I, I like the announcers. Like, I kind of yeah. like the experience of watching it on TV, you know. So uh, I definitely I definitely want to go to more games, especially now that I can afford to a little bit more. But uh, I've never been as, like, oh, wow. I have to go to the game in person. Just yeah, in case so. you guys didn't know, Max has money. I'm uh, rich now, <laughs> so. <laughs> no, but now that I'm an adult, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, I do agree that uh, I like doing everything at home. So, exactly 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 uh so yeah I, I mean i've been at home all year as most people have you know <laughs> me too i'm very at home are, are you, uh, do you are you finding that odd to watch the games without fans you know the nfl viewing experience is much less weird than the nba viewing experience like yeah. not even like i i mean i've been enjoying larson NBA. i think everything they did is incredible i think like you know all credit to adam silver and the, the bubble's been a massive success but when you watch those games they they look like they're playing in an empty gym right yeah. it looks a little odd when you i mean even just camera angle wise because the camera just is usually on the field it doesn't doesn't look that weird to watch the games but without the fans um, so yeah. it hasn't, it hasn't, the, the lack of fans has not negatively affected my, my viewing experience, I would say. Yeah, I, I do find it. I still can't quite get over the change in crowd reaction during the game. Cause I'm just yeah. like, well, someone's just making this choice. Just one person in I the know. entire well, stadium that- is making this particular audience <laughs> choice. What was it where like the the Eagles the Eagles pumped in crowd noise like booed Carson Wentz last week you know yeah just having like yeah. one guy being like let's boo him that's like that's hilarious yeah. it was I, I was like were they gonna have little catapult arms in the uh, Eagles crowd with like cans of tomatoes and just, <laughs> like, yeah. booing and and throwing stuff like uh, yeah it was 
I just find it odd, you know, that, and then also just, yeah, that there's, you know, there's, I get it too, to a degree, because there were times during one of the games, I can't remember which one exactly. I think it was Monday night football uh, where the crowd noise just cut out for like, it periodically would just right. cut out for like right, five seconds. Right. And right. it was like, this is weird. This feels weird. It is, but I guess the, the positive is you get to, like, listen in on all their calls, right? And you get, hear them yelling, like, you know, like, uh, all their audibles and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's a nice little... I would love that. I mean, if there yeah. was part of that game, uh, if you had that option... Want, yeah, you know? to trade, like, turn on the mic'd up or whatever. It's great. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say this for the first time. Uh, Max Lasser is here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, and that was the introduction part, and then I say your name, and that's the body of the podcast, and uh, you know, and then I'm like, uh, oh yeah, so Max, tell me, uh, what do you think about this Sunday's game? <laughs> yeah, now we can finally get into it. Yeah, uh, actually, it's the end, but the, um, yeah. Max, if there was anything you wanted to say at the end of this podcast, like if you were uh, going to give a message to, you know, Sean McDermott or uh, Josh Allen, or uh, if you wanted to just say anything to them, or if you just wanted to, you know, tell them your thoughts on what's going to happen or a pep talk, what would you say? My, my main thing that I would say to McDermott is you, you got to look at the fourth down stuff. You got to just like, look at the, you got to be a part of the, of this like fourth down revolution. We can't be punting on like fourth and two from our own 48. Like it's, it's, it's just not acceptable. Like you're, they're, they're too smart. They, you know, they are reading articles about that, that, you know, people think they have a, their analytics department has a good reputation in the league that I, I love everything they're doing, but you, you can't be punting on these fourth and twos, fourth and ones from past the 40. It's just ridiculous. That's my, that's my one message to the, to the, to the bills head to, to, to McDermott and, uh, uh, and being, we gotta, we gotta stop doing that. Thank you, Max Lasser. He's a funny guy. He's got some money. He, uh, is <laughs> a fan of the bills first, the Panthers second and the Rams third. Um, and, uh, thanks for joining me, Max. It was so fun. Uh, this is Kenneth Arthur for pod TST, and this is the end of the podcast. Thanks, Max. Oh, that-